0: You're listening to the newest episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life, with your host, Kim Over. Hi, this is Kim, and today I want to talk with you about what type of parent are you? If you're listening to a podcast on parenting, I'm pretty sure you already are a great parent because it means you realize you could get better at parenting. Why else would you listen to a podcast about parenting? We all have 24 hours, 1,440 minutes, 24,560 seconds in a day. And you're listening to a podcast on parenting. Your priorities are in a great place for your children. The people who will benefit the most from this information will never listen to it because they're convinced they're already an awesome parent. This may or may not be true, but I'm glad you're listening and hope you can pick up something that will help you be an even better mom or dad to your kids. I have worked with many parents who proclaim, I turned out pretty good, so I guess what my parents did worked. When I hear that, I'm reminded of my psychology class where we learned back in early times humans used to drill holes in people's heads when they had a headache to release the evil spirits. We've figured out better ways to do it as the years have passed. We also used to send up smoke signals to communicate with our neighbors. Now we can call, text, email, instant message, or even meet for lunch. Of course, smoke signals are still an option, but the message may be lost amid the more modern ways of communicating. Your parents may have been the best parents in the world, and still there may be some additional things you can know, think about, or implement to give your kids even better than what you received. There are many times I wish I could go back and do over my parenting with my kids. There's many things I would change. I'm just happy most kids with reasonably good enough parents will grow up to be awesome. Kids are super resilient. That's the great news. If you think of parenting on a continuum, controlling to permissive, with great parenting in the middle, great parents have to constantly balance the relationship And the love they have for their child with the responsibility to teach them how to grow up to be reasonably happy, responsible humans. Great parents must constantly balance their relationship and the love they have for their child with the responsibility they have to teach them to grow up to be reasonably happy and responsible human beings. It's the hardest job ever kids have no instruction manual and we get no training except for the parenting we got from our own parents. Our parents did their best, they absolutely did, but maybe you'd like to do better. But how? Let's talk about that continuum and how to know where you are on it. Most parents don't occupy one position on that continuum and never move. They are constantly adjusting based on three main factors. One is your, the parent's, need strengths. If you've been listening to my earlier podcast, then you should know about the basic needs of all humans, survival, connection, significance, freedom, and joy. Whatever your high need strengths are, lean you in a particular direction on that continuum. If your high need is connection, you're more likely leaning towards the permissive end of things. If you're high in significance, you'd lean more towards controlling. Freedom would lean you more towards permissive. Same thing with joy. Let's think about having a high need for survival. If you do, you're likely towards the controlling end of things because you're constantly concerned about your child's safety. When you have a high need for connection, you tend to lean towards the permissive side because you don't like conflict and you want to have a great relationship with your child. You really want them to like you. If freedom is your high need, you also lean towards the permissive end. If significance is your high need, you probably lean towards the controlling end. It's important to you to be respected, to be in control, And children are one thing we're often not in control of. So that causes a significance person to tighten the reins. When you're high in freedom, you tend to lean towards the permissive end of things. Being a high freedom person, you don't like to bother with the details of parenting. You just want your child to pretty much take care of themselves so you can live your life and not have to worry about things. And if joy is the main thing that drives you, you also lean towards permissiveness because there's no joy in controlling others. The joy comes from experiencing wonderful things together. So you may try to be a friend to your child where you can do fun things together. So now you know the way you're programmed. You probably tend to lean in one direction or the other. I have two high need strengths, connection and freedom. Both lean me towards permissive parenting. But what if you're high in survival and joy, or connection and significance? In these cases, you'll either be really well balanced because you have one need from each end, or you'll be a little crazy, bouncing from permissive to strict. Your children walk around in a minefield wondering which parent you're going to be today, good mommy or bad mommy, good daddy or bad daddy. When you know which direction your need strength profile has you leaning, then you basically have three choices. One, you can operate in your strength and don't worry about the consequences. That's not so good because there are parenting consequences when you're at those opposite ends, and I'll share those with you in a little bit. Two, you can hope your parenting partner has the other strengths you are lacking so you can balance each other out. This doesn't work so well either because one of you becomes the bad guy and the other one is someone to manipulate. Three, you could work at the things that are challenging to you so you can move closer to the middle and encourage your partner to do the same. On the controlling, strict end of the continuum, parents are more concerned about what their needs are rather than their children's. These parents are constantly pushing their child to perform better, faster, and higher. They figure when their child becomes an adult, then they'll be able to get their needs met. But for now, it's up to the parent to get their needs met, and the child can figure it out as they go. On the permissive, uninvolved end, parents are more concerned about their child's needs. These parents are constantly making excuses for their children, being their cheerleader, deserved or not. If you tend to be more uninvolved, you may be concerned about your needs more than your child's you're more worried about living your life and you let your child just live theirs. The parents in the middle can balance the opposite extremes in the middle of the continuum. They recognize their needs are quite important, but their children's are equally important. They know children need a balance between freedom and encouragement and safety and boundaries. The second factor to consider in where you operate on the continuum has to do with your child's needs. Have you noticed not all children are the same? And the same child might be different from day to day, further complicating things. Generally speaking, when your child is pushing for freedom, they're looking for a more permissive style. It makes sense to oblige the child if they have the responsible behaviors to manage that freedom. If they've been demonstrating a lack of responsibility, use the yes when. Yes, you can do that when you show me that you know how to handle the concerns I have around that particular thing. If your child is looking for connection, he's probably seeking out a more permissive parent. He wants more time with his friends. He's looking to be more like everyone else. He wants to fit in and he's hoping that you'll allow that to happen. If your child's struggling for significance, he or she does not want the dictator parent but might prefer the more permissive one. A child looking for significance with a parent who's also looking for significance can end up butting heads a lot. There may be a lot of fighting going on in the house, but it's possible it could work if parent and child are aligned in the same area of significance. For example, if the child is looking to get better grades and the parent wants the child to get better grades, then they can support each other and help each other through that process. If your child is afraid and looking for survival, they would appreciate more of a strict parent. They're looking for boundaries. They want to know what's safe, and they're looking to their parent for taking the lead. When your child is looking for joy, he probably is craving more of the permissive style he's looking for fun, relaxation, discovery learning, and the parent who can be more relaxed and allow their child to explore will facilitate those kind of joy moments. I'm not talking about going all the way to the ends of the continuum. That's where bad parenting lives, but rather the edges of the range of good parenting in the middle. The third variation to consider is what the task is. If you're talking about bedtime, that can probably work with the more permissive approach. But when you're talking about a curfew, you may want to be stricter about that. The idea is around the variable of safety. The more safety is involved, the more you will want to use a stricter approach. When safety is not a consideration, it may be better to go with a more permissive approach. Working together with your parenting partner, if you have one, Is preferable through this transition so you can both be working to support each other rather than fighting one another. I find couples who get married and they're fairly close in their parenting styles. After having children I see them drift further apart. People with different parenting styles either move together and unite in the middle or they struggle by moving further away. The permissive person sees their partner being overly strict So they become more permissive to balance that out. The strict person sees their partner being more permissive and then they become more strict to balance their partner out. Over time, you can see how you end up at total opposite ends of that continuum with no parenting happening in the middle. There are basically four ways people relate to one another. Parents don't have their own category because they mostly weave in and out of these four categories. The first one is friend-to-friend, and this includes healthy, intimate relationships. When you're in a friend-to-friend relationship, you're on equal footing. You like doing things together. You share some common interests, and when you're together, everything's great. And when you're not together, things are still great. You rarely think of trying to control your friend. If you did, you wouldn't have any. And the reason healthy intimate relationships are in this category as well is because there should be no external control going on in a healthy relationship. Partners are together by choice, they care about each other, and they want each person in the relationship to do the thing that they need to do to get their needs met. Of course, they'll help with that whenever they can. The second type of relationship is teacher to student. The only time you're in this relationship as a teacher is when you're teaching something to a person who wants to learn it and they want to learn it from you. In this way, I think kindergarten and first grade teachers and many extracurricular teachers fall into this pattern. Kids usually want to learn what they're teaching. However, by the time kids get into second, third, fourth, fifth grade, Some students have taken school out of their quality world, and they're not really interested in learning what the teacher wants to teach. In this case, the teacher isn't actually teaching. They're in the fourth category. The third category is counselor to client or helper to helpee. And the only time you're really a counselor is when someone is coming to you for help, and they know that you have the answers and can likely help them. I was a counselor for many years by title, but I really wasn't counseling. I was seeing people who didn't want help. Certainly they didn't want help from me. I was talking to parents whose children were placed in foster care, and they thought life was great, except the courts and children and youth were in their way of being the parent that they wanted to be. I wasn't actually counseling. I was operating in the fourth category, which is manager to worker called manager to worker because in the workplace, managers have an agenda. They're trying to get the worker to buy into that agenda so they can be on the same page and work together towards common goals, usually greater productivity. When you're teaching students who don't want to learn, you need to have good managing skills. Same thing when you're counseling people who really don't want your help, you need good managing skills. And I dare say when you're a parent, You sometimes are a friend to your child, sometimes you're a teacher, sometimes you're a counselor, and a good bit of time you're a manager. The most important time to function in this manager role is when safety's an issue. And I'm talking life and death or dismemberment safety. I know parents who can make anything a safety issue. The parent who tells their child to brush their teeth. The child doesn't want to. So the parent decides, well, this is a safety issue, because if you don't brush your teeth, you could get a cavity. And if you get a cavity, it could get infected. And that infection could turn to staph and you could die. That's a little tongue in cheek. I don't know any parent who's actually done that, but I know parents who come very close in other areas with their kids. I'm not talking about the possibility of a lack of safety. I'm talking about if you do that, you could become really hurt, injured, or die. That's serious safety. When safety is an issue, the idea is to restrict freedom only for as long as it takes to learn the responsible behaviors to manage that freedom. The amount of time you restrict the freedom is irrelevant as long as in the end they have the responsible behaviors they need to manage the freedom. So if you're concerned about something and your child doesn't know how to handle it, but in five minutes you're able to teach them how to handle it, then five minutes is all they need to be restricted. If it takes your child a week to come up with a reasonable plan to manage the pressure of going to a teenage party without adult supervision, then the answer is no, they can't go until they formulate that plan and you as the parent are reasonably assured it's a plan they'll be able to follow through on then you can allow them the privilege. The best parents are the ones with great listening skills. They can understand where their children are coming from, but also have a lifetime of experience and knowledge where they see the potential obstacles and challenges in what their children want to do. My son Kyle once said to me, You know the most important skill of being a good parent? I said, Tell me, Kyle, what is it? And he said, A good memory. I said hmm tell me more about that because I wasn't really understanding what he meant and he said it really helps him to remember what it was like when he was a kid and how he used to think when he was the age that his children are because he knows he didn't think at age six the same way he does now at age 34. I had to admit I thought he was on to something. So good parents listen and actually remember what it was like to think that way. The permissive uninvolved parent mostly says yes, go ahead and do what you want. They don't want any conflict with their child and they want their child to like them. Or if they happen to be the parents who are too involved in their own lives to spend time parenting, they'll say yes just so they don't have to be bothered. Their child is pretty free to do whatever he or she wants. This is not great parenting, because the child's safety is at risk. The dictator controlling parents are either concerned about keeping their child safe or being in control and respected. They believe that if they allow their children the freedom other kids enjoy, something bad will happen. They think their control is the only thing standing between their child and certain doom. Finding your way to a range of parenting in the middle of this continuum won't have you being your child's best friend nor will you be hated by them. You will be loved and respected when you show a concern for what they need and provide opportunities for them to get their needs met in a responsible way. You will also need to have some boundaries. Will they ever get mad at you? Of course they will, because sometimes you need to restrict their freedom until they learn the responsible behaviors to manage that freedom. This may be the way you've always parented or it may represent uncharted territory for you. If you've been on the controlling, strict side, you need to listen more to your children to understand what they need while providing opportunities for them to get their needs met in a responsible way. Without that, your children will either be overly compliant or rebellious. Now, you might think overly compliant sounds great. If they're overly compliant to you, imagine that they'll be overly compliant with everyone. So when a friend asks them to do something that they know they shouldn't do without learning behaviors to stand up for themselves, they're likely going to do what that friend wants them to. And I don't think that's what you really want. Other children with strict, controlling parents rebel. And when they rebel, they may do it in a way that you can see them or they may try to do it behind your back. Either way, they're risking their own safety because they don't trust you to have their best interests at heart. If you've been on the permissive uninvolved end, you need to pay more attention to what you need and stop catering to your child's every whim. You have needs too, and you need to negotiate with your child so you can get what you need while they also get what they need. Without that, your children will be acting out to get your attention or manipulating and taking advantage of your need for them to like you. Now that you know which end of the continuum you lean towards or spend the most time in, I hope you'll join me next week as I talk with you about how to negotiate differences so both you and your children can get what you need in responsible ways. Talk with you then. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at www.therelationshipcenter.biz forward podcast. And remember to subscribe.